Hey, all you listeners, before we jump into the podcast, I'd like to take care of a couple legal issues and a little forbearance of what you're about to listen to. Some podcasts are somewhat explicit and touch on some harsh topics when it comes to the mental health field. Listener discretion is advised. Also, for the legal purposes and the protection of our show and guests, we'd like to also remind you that all these stories that are shared by everyone on air are alleged events that have occurred. Please keep that in mind. And again, we enjoy having you here. So welcome and enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. And come on, please join me. This podcast is an open door for those seeking a little hope that'll spark a fire. This is Spread Hope Like Fire, in association with the Spread Hope Like Fire Foundation. For more information, please visit spreadhopelikefire.com. And as for me, I'm your host, Associate Marriage and Family Therapist Anthony Garcia here in California. Welcome, welcome, everybody. It's been a while. It's been a minute, but we're back. Had to do a little resetting, readjusting. It's been a wild ride, really. I'm sitting for uh, my licensure pretty soon, so it's been a wild ride. I started the podcast with the intent to break the stigma, do all these things, and it turned into a nonprofit. This nonprofit now, the Spread Hope Like Fire Foundation, is in fact a 501c3 approved nonprofit. We aren't accepting donations right now, but that will be changing soon, and we will keep you up to date on kind of just what to expect from the nonprofit going forward it's it's going to be a phenomenal journey there's a lot in the pipeline as everybody knows as we've kind of hinted and talked about um you've guys heard over a year ago uh the message from dr drew uh you guys have probably seen me on his podcast uh here and there it, it's been uh, this journey has just culminated in all these blessings and all these wonderful things that have just sprung up and for me it's kind of hard to believe hard to understand sometimes as to what life does for you it rings true as to what I truly believe is that at those those moments those lows in life where we're struggling where we are absolutely lost at times But truly, sometimes life will grab you by the hand and redirect you where you need to be and where you need to go. Making all of these these great connections over this last year with this nonprofit and just trying to get the foundation set has has been a struggle. I'm not going to lie. It's not easy just creating these wild things that go on in my head. Um, I have an idea and then I'll just run with it and create what I have to create. And so... The podcast is one of those those remnants of what I created, sitting in that shed at my house, contemplating whether this was safe to do or not, um, regret, regretting sometimes some of the missed opportunities or some of the things I should have said, some of the things I shouldn't have said. But again, that's me role modeling 
the humanistic feature of who we are as people. So again, we are now a 501c3 nonprofit. I am super thrilled to see where we go and what we do and how we grow. Which brings me back to my next point as we make this a full circle journey. This wouldn't have been possible without the listeners, without you guys out there. Whether you're out there listening to me driving your car, whether you're at home listening to me, there you've given me that platform that I didn't think I would have. And there's nothing more satisfying and I guess just makes me feel... It warms my little heart um, that you guys were all accepting, not judging. I've talked to a lot of the listeners out there through the years because this started in 2017. And it's because of you that I'm here. It's because of you that I have the, the nonprofit. It's because of you that we are as a whole making a change in this world that is spiraling out of control. It's because of you. You give me the opportunity and the platform to do so. So, if I may ask, this is a listener-supported podcast. The only way we can continuously thrive is by hitting that thumbs-up button, going to Apple Podcast, and leaving that five-star review. It helps the algorithm. Right now, we are not accepting donations as we are trying to privately fund this, as we are trying to move forward and create all of these wonderful programs we have. But again, we can't do it without our listeners' support. So please, if you're listening on iTunes or Apple, go to the Apple Podcast Store, leave that review, share it on your feeds, get the message out. We've got a lot in the pipeline that's coming up, and I just want everybody on board. Head over to spreadhopelikefire.com. That's where you can keep in contact with us. That's where you can leave messages directly for us. You can ask for uh, information on what to what we're doing, what we're up to. We've got a lot going on. We've got a guest later on. Mr. Anthony Brown, this man, or should I say the man, the myth, the legend, Anthony Brown of Brown Manor. I connected with him through our friend Dr. Drew and I I just I can't get enough of this man's story and him taking what he has gone through with his experiences and just turning it up on its head and seeing what comes out. He's got Brown Manor running and he's recovering from uh drug and alcohol use he's got a he's got a wonderful story an inspirational story i can't wait for you guys to hear that i've got other people coming on that we're going to discuss post-traumatic stress disorder we're going to get into a lot of trauma work actually over the next course of several months i really want to start talking about trauma because that brings me into kind of what we're doing here today the podcast is uh uh, it was on the back burner for a little bit, but now we're bringing it back. We've got we've got a lot to talk about. We've got a clear direction of where we're going. So, uh, settle in. We've got a lot to talk about. I want to talk about the pandemic. I know a lot of you are tired of hearing that topic, but I don't want to talk about COVID and all that. I want to talk about the other aspects that have kind of popped up with this pandemic over the last two and a half years. It's been a wild ride, and as a psychotherapist, I'm kind of looking at this situation as 
wow, we took a really hard left turn here. And we're going down a road that I don't know if we can come back from. I just don't know. I look at it logically. I'm trying to figure out ways. If I want to hear from you guys. If you're listening on Facebook or if you're listening on anywhere where we can leave those comments, I want to hear from you. What are your solutions to these problems that I'm going to be presenting? Because I want to just talk about it. I want to hear other people's input because my input yeah it goes a little goes a little way but we can't achieve this dream without this team i sound like johnny cochran here but what i got what i mean is we really can't achieve this and i i i just said it well with what you guys did for me providing me this platform and coming together we need to figure out some solutions to these things as a a a hole here we need to come together so with pandemic i've noticed um there is despair in the world that i didn't think existed i thought that maybe i was just being a very negative person looking at the bad parts of life the aspects that are really hard to look at but now i think we're all being forced to look at these dark aspects with life with human behavior human compassion pandemic rattled us to the core whether we'd like to admit it or not i'm one of them i am one of those people that spiraled out of control with pandemic isolation um fear constant fear constant isolation constant doubt it was playing into my PTSD like no one's business. I swear it was just uh, rattling in my brain. I'm going to die. I, I had these visions for a while, too, of am I truly am I going to die? Is COVID going to kill me? And it's the fear, the fear of what I was putting in my life. So what I mean by that is. I had to take a step back and the help that I received with treatment, because I am in treatment, um, it's really allowed me to sit back and see what I was consuming was this pill of fear. I was watching the news, I was reading the statistics. I'm not going to lie, I was bringing up that chart of the COVID rates, deaths, and testing every single day. Where was it? Where were we with this pandemic? Is this pandemic over? I'm not here to discuss these opinionated things because that's just opinion. Here's what we're going to discuss because it happened to me and I guarantee you it probably happened to you. We sat in isolation. And what did you sit with? Because we weren't sitting alone. No. What we got to sit with was all the trauma all the trauma that we ignored, that we kind of bypassed, that we set off to the side. We stopped going to work. We stopped connecting with friends, family. We stopped going to gatherings. We didn't go to the movies. We didn't go to the beaches. We didn't go to the parks. We did nothing but sat with an old friend, Mr. Trauma, Mrs. Trauma. We sat with these emotions that we buried and they popped up like little zombies 
And now we're seeing the ramifications of what happens when we keep stigmatizing mental health. I know it's getting better. It is getting better. We're actually talking more about it. And I love that we're doing this here. But trauma is very, it's very weird. It has all these layers to it. And if you don't, if you don't bring it out and uh, uproot those issues, they're going to pop up and those zombies are going to eat your brain. And it's not going to be a fun experience. And we're seeing it now. If you go on to YouTube, if you go on to TikTok, if you go on to these social media platforms, if you just turn on the news, what do we see all this time? Chaos. People are losing their minds. They are. People are getting upset. People are getting angry. I just watched this video of a lady trying to break into a McDonald's because they didn't get her order correct. We just seen in the news that somebody was murdered because they didn't have the correct ingredients on their food at a subway I believe where's all this stemming from where does it come from and how do we stop it what are your thoughts on this my thoughts are, are, are simple we kept bearing we kept stigmatizing we kept shutting people down when it came to them asking for help men are one of the, the key elements in this too Men were told and forced to believe in manliness, at least in Western civilization that I can speak from because of well, that's where I grew up and culturally. Men aren't supposed to cry. Men aren't supposed to show emotions. Men aren't supposed to be scared. Men are supposed to be these strong breadwinners who have it together, hold it together, and they don't break down. They don't crack. That's a hard pill to swallow, and that's a hard pill to accept. It's a hard task to accept. Not to show emotions. Be strong. You know, Be unhuman. Detach from the human existence. The human connection. Detach from that. That's what was asked from us, to detach. Now that we've detached, trauma creeping in at a rapid pace. We have now reached a, a plethora of just unhappiness, uneasiness, unsettling things that are occurring in our lives and we can't grasp where to go. So what do we do? One of the most strategic things that I teach clients in the therapy room, and it's quite up there in the way I run therapy. One of those rules is we're not here to blame. Blaming in and of itself will get you nothing but blame. So when you're searching for it, you've already found it. You just need to place it with someone. But what good does the blame do? So I'm going to ask that of you. We're going to put the blame down. And what we got to do is we got to pick up this accountability where do I play a role in life? What role do I play in my life that has caused me these unsettling emotions, these unsettling events, these unsettling thoughts? Because we have, we have these things. We have these intrusive thoughts. We have these depressed feelings and anxiety. All these things are kind of wrapping up. Trauma's ramping them up too. And it's getting where... Where do you look to and what do you do? So 
we got to stop blaming. The accountability comes in. What can I do to change my situation right now? Every action has a reaction. And it goes back to really my thought process on when I ask this of clients is all of my teachers throughout elementary, junior high, high school, they tried to drill into me this, this idea that your choices matter. They all matter. Never bought into it because I didn't understand it. I thought they were all full of it because it was like, how do choices matter? How does eating chicken McNuggets on a Tuesday afternoon matter to me? How does avoiding people outside of my household affect me? How does not going to college after high school affect me? I can still get a job. I can. You see where I'm going with this is when we make the excuses, they do affect us down the line. For instance, I personally made the conscious decision that treatment and therapy were not good for me because I had no idea what they were. What I understood therapy to be was you go into a witch doctor and they shrink your head like in Beetlejuice. That's what I thought. And being uneducated about that, getting the psychoeducation and learning about myself has been helpful immensely. It's just... I played a, a large role in taking forever. I'm 36 years old now. I'm barely dealing with the wreckage of my past, all the trauma. I'm, I'm, I barely decided to do that a year ago. And it's my, it's my role that I played in this to push it off, to not get the help. And therefore, I sat with these negative emotions, these negative belief systems in me, and I lashed out. Now I'm able to take events and situations that happen to me, and I'm able to look at it in a manner that is more productive. Because when you suffer from trauma, what happens with trauma, if you're unfamiliar with it, is... Your body, your body is set off in a manner that it, it becomes hypervigilant or, or you're always, you're always on edge. You're always waiting for something bad to happen. Um, it, it's, it, it's this constant being on guard because in ourselves, we have this urge to survive. Survival is our, our instinct. It's our number one tactic because that is what got us to this point. Survival of the fittest. So when trauma happens, what our body does is it goes into this state of hyperness. Is the easiest way I can explain this. It starts to subconsciously record everything that's going on in a hyper hyperspace manner i like to say it's like you're on the millennium falcon and you're hitting you're hitting the hyperspace hyperdrive to go into hyperspace and boom your body starts to record everything who's there what the room's like what what is being said what what harm is being done what words are being used to harm you 
what uh, emotional distress are you going through? And what your body does is it memorizes all this because it's going to protect you. Subconsciously, underneath it all, your body gets stuck in this cycle. Think about it. So what happens is you have this trauma that happens. Your, your body records it at a subconscious level. And then when you go into stressful situations, it's hard to manifest anything positive because all your body's doing is going back to how it saved you the last time with a trauma. It's repeating this pattern. That pattern can be very destructive sometimes. Sometimes that, that pattern has led people to addiction a lot of the time. Because when trauma happens at an early age and not so much in adulthood, but when you have childhood trauma and you progress through life and then you become this adult that's broken and not able to understand what's going on, you, you react like that kid. You react like that seven, eight, nine-year-old, whatever age the trauma got locked in, and you start to repeat these patterns of survival because it's worked before, it's going to work again. You forget the trauma, though. Consciously, as you move away from that traumatic experience, the image fades a little bit over time. And for smaller traumas that happen, you completely forget about them. You just react. Your body subconsciously reacts. It, it awakens and it knows what's what's proper and what's going to save you because it's done it before and it's done it and it will do it again. And so what we do is we we cultivate and manifest maladaptive behaviors and traits. Some of us will indulge in alcohol and drug abuse. Some will indulge in relationships, maladaptive relationships. They'll get into these relationships that they know are bad, but they don't understand anything more than this. This provides them their safety. We'll get into that in another podcast. But what happens is we, we start to rely, some people rely on food. Some people rely on the escape of television or just isolation or screaming and yelling, not being heard. It's these it's a plethora of different emotions and behaviors that trauma can manifest in us. And a lot of the times they're destructive. They're so destructive a lot of the times that it breaks you away from healthy relationships and it has this stranglehold on you to either pull you out of all relationships or give you very negative maladaptive relationships where you're being reinforced with all the negativity. You're being reinforced with all of the worthless talk. You're worthless. You do not add up to what I need you to be in my life. And so we go searching for these relationships and we never feel accepted. That's another one, acceptance. Where do we gain this acceptance? So with all that said, sitting. think about sitting with all that throughout the last two years of pandemic. How did you cope with it? I played a lot of video games. That's how I coped. And I, it's been a blur for me. Like pandemic, the last two years have been a, a nightmare. It's been a total blur. I can't tell or differentiate days 
sometimes because it's your mind's just rapidly going. What's the next thing I got to do? What's the next thing I got to accomplish? What I'm finding now after this pandemic is we're trying to go back into that hyperdrive, hyperspace situation. And we started to fill our lives with more maladaptive distractor distractions. And is that truly working? I found myself working 90 hour days since I'm working from home. It, it really amped up my anxiety to push me to work these long hours and try to manifest something. And luckily I had the nonprofit or I have the nonprofit to pour this time into and it's beneficial, but treatments are more beneficial because it's giving me those coping skills. It's giving me the coping skills to know that if I am not being met with the same respect, the same dignity, when I'm out in public, I'm not going to freak out. Because I don't feel that I need to. Number one reason most people freak out and start screaming and yelling is because they don't feel that they're heard. Nobody's listening to them. So they scream and yell. Is that something you've, you've potentially done in your life where you get upset, you get angry, and you start screaming and yelling? Think about why you're screaming and yelling. I'll be up front. I scream and yell when I feel like I'm not being heard when what I'm saying that I need how how I need to be cared for or whatever it is that's going to rectify the situation at that time if my needs aren't being met I'm literally upset and I feel like I'm not being heard after a certain amount of time so you start to yell and scream but for those that are Dealing with these negative issues, negative emotions, and intrusive thoughts. They're going out into the world. And they're being triggered right off the bat. And they're screaming and yelling. And they want to get their point across. And they need to be heard. They need to say these things. They need to be right. What is that getting them? Do you find yourself being that person? I started trying to be that person without knowing. When I stepped back and I was like, wait, what am I doing? Why am I fighting about COVID statistics? Why am I fighting about vaccines, vaccination statistics? I really wasn't fighting about that. I was fighting more so about just people wanting to share their opinion. For the simple fact, just to share it. I get that you don't feel heard. I get that it can be triggering and it can be hurtful. To have that disagreement with somebody else, but what is it doing for you? What is it doing for you? It's not doing you any good to always be right. What does that get you? It's not doing you any good to scream and yell because people shut down and stop listening. When's the last time you listened to someone scream and yell at you and be like, yeah, that's a good idea. We'll do that one. It's probably never happened. And if it has, most likely it's because you're tired of being screamed and yelled at and you just want to soothe them or make them go away. So with that, what, what, where do we find ourselves with taking the accountability? We can see it on social media really easily. I, I look on 
social media sometimes. And a lot of times I have to take breaks from this thing that we call social media, the lovely social media. We find, I find myself in the comment section laughing because it's, it's hard to wrap my brain around just what it is people are trying to do. There's all these levels that I'm getting at. It's people are getting mad because their orders aren't getting right or aren't right. People are getting mad because they have differing opinions. People are getting mad and trying to shut people down. So they feel powerful. I don't know. I want to know these answers. Why? What is it that urges someone to want to get onto a Facebook chat or comment section and argue about a point with someone? Going back to the COVID situation, that happened to me. I joined a support group for COVID support because in the midst of it, I was terrified. I needed uh, I needed to connect. That's one of the coping skills I learned. I needed to connect with community. I needed to connect with others who felt that same fear, who wanted those same support systems, somebody to talk to, somebody to listen to them. Facebook is never going to be that place. I don't know what I was thinking, but that's never going to be the place for support unless you're kind of a psychopath. Because what happens is you get those people who don't comprehend what is being said and will continuously put you down. I shared a little tidbit on one of the support groups and I asked a question in regards to covid and and i'm not going to give all the details and what happened was there was the support there still but then there was one person in particular who decided that their opinion mattered more so and that what i was saying and stating which was about a year ago. I was just, I, I was feeling like total despair. I was feeling lost. I was feeling alone. And I felt like this pandemic was not ending. I, I don't know if it's over yet. COVID's still out there. And I'm, I'm not a political person. And that's where I'm trying, I guess what I'm trying to get at is when it comes down to it, all I was simply trying to say was, I feel alienated. I feel like me making personal choices for my own health were being infringed upon. Because what, what was going on was, throughout most of the pandemic, I found myself isolating and doing a lot of the self-isolating. So much so that the little blips of time that I did spend outside in public... Odd things started happening to me, which is a little weird for me to kind of grasp. Um, I took my dog to the beach at one point, and I wear a mask, or I wore a mask at the time. And again, this is not a debate. I respect everybody's opinion. It's just accountability, and I'm trying to tie it into the accountability part is... You can't control everybody else's actions. You can't demand of other people what you expect of them. Because accountability is how do I take the situation that I'm in and uh, alleviate the stressors and resolve the issues. And so 
going to the beach. I was masked up, and this guy pulled up next to me and my fiance, my dog, and literally hopped out of his truck and followed us, clapping, like literally clapping, very hard, very slow clap. You know those very slow, loud claps, and he was following me because I had my mask on to, I guess, make me feel less than. Honestly, it made me feel unsafe because of the reality of society right now. The unhealthiness mentally is so elevated that it does scare me to a degree. I'm I'm not self-isolated anymore. I still, I go out now, but at the time. And so I left. I could have had an open discussion and debate with the guy for whatever reason, but it had to do with the mask wearing. Eh, I get that. All right. Do what you want, but leave me out of it. I, if you want to wear it, you wear it. If you don't, you don't, I don't care. I'm going to do what I need to do. And that's the accountability I'm taking within myself to alleviate the situation. Yeah, I didn't want to go, but again, I didn't want to have such a harsh interaction with someone, especially with the uncertainty of society and the unhinging of society. So what I'm trying to get at is we sat very long periods of time in these isolated states and our mental health, mental disorders, mental state became unhinged. We are now experiencing this massive tsunami of mental health issues. It's a a plethora of issues out there that we see. Homelessness. You look at the homeless community, the population, a lot of it is mental health. But we can't force treatment upon these people, so what do we do there? There's just a lot of systemic issues that have popped up throughout the last two years and we keep trying to do the same thing systematically that we've done for a long time throw money at it throw our opinion at it but not really uproot the issue and so we're left with this wreckage of past generations you know how The politicians always keep saying, you're leaving the next generation with a debt that they can't pay, with a debt that they didn't deserve. This is the debt we didn't pay nor deserve. Mental health was alienated, pushed back, pushed down, stigmatized to a degree that a guy struggling had to get a microphone from Amazon and hit the shed and talk about his own personal issues so that other people would start talking about their own personal issues and then we had this snowball effect on pot on the podcast where people just came on and expressed their their issues we had Michelle on talking about the mass shooting that she went through we had Andrew talk about how single fatherhood was like and the role that he played in his his family we had david come on and talk about poverty gang life how that lifestyle worked how he thrives and grows from those things we've had a lot of guests on sharing their human experience buy into that human experience a lot of people i noticed don't want to buy into that human experience i get it I get that 
being human and acknowledging that and coming to that acceptance, you buy into the fact that you're you're going to suffer. Human existence consists of suffering. That's what brings us together as humans. We buy into the, the thought process and the actual realistic basis for which humanity is on. Suffering. We are imperfect. We mess up we get up we have to do it over but if you buy into that humanistic part of life it's going to be easier for you to accept the the pitfalls in life it's going to allow you to be more resilient to know that you're not alone to know that there are others struggling think about it this way the person flipping you off at the four-way stop they're probably going through a lot probably going through something we don't understand and we're we're the ones that they're targeting i'm not saying that's okay i'm not i'm saying take the accountability to find the solution to your situation blaming others and looking outward is not going to change the situation that we find ourselves in it's it's a dark time we find in the world right now very dark where do we turn to uh, I, I, I had this discussion with a few friends uh, a few weeks ago that society is is twisted for some reason. It's weird. We've replaced a lot of things. One of the biggest things that's popped up for me is I think we've replaced religion, with at least within our society, um, American society, we've replaced religion with politics we are so consumed with the politics part of things that we alienate people that aren't even part of the indoctrination or ideology of your party i don't i, I don't play into that i don't buy into that because life is a spectrum people are on a spectrum of good and bad i hate to break it to you but we're all pretty pretty bad people and it, it's within us that we we strive to do good we don't do good because it's just an innate urge that we have we're evil inside and we strive to do good that's why when people mess up yeah you give them the opportunity to mess up and then you give them the opportunity to thrive again and be the support system we keep digging at each other and it's not getting us anywhere. How much, how many times do you need to be right on a comment? How many times do you have to bury someone so that you feel better? I used to do that when I was in my, in my teenage years and my 20s. As I was so angry and so fed up with life wasn't going my way and I needed somebody to blame. And I blamed everybody but myself because I figured everybody else was to blame. It was easier and I didn't have to take accountability for, hey, worked at a dead-end job, I had no potential whatsoever. Look what happened when I when I did that, and I, I went to therapy, I did the work, I went to school, I did all these things. It's not easy, and I'm not asking for praise, but I'm asking for compassion. When we stopped showing compassion towards one another and wanted to be more so right than anything, I'm going to jump back now to the post in the group on Facebook. Somebody went out of their entire way 
to bury, bury me personally on this simply because I didn't get over the fact that the pandemic was over, in their opinion. I don't know where you fall in this, whether you feel that the pandemic is still going or if it's over. I'm not getting into that one, but I respect which one you believe. When it's so it speaks volumes to me as a therapist when this happens, because it's just what in you is hurting so badly that you've decided upon you to take your time out of your day to go on to a, a group of support and bury someone and then call them names because you don't agree. That affected me very little because I was able to see past what was going on. Somebody on the other end of that computer or keyboard was hurting and they needed to feel heard. They wanted to feel heard most of all because they were not being heard. They didn't have value. They didn't feel like they were of any importance. That's how I took it. I don't go out of my way to bury people. I don't go out of my way to hurt people. When people do that, you cause a lot of anger. That's what I see. So systematically, we are faced with a big ball of anger. And I want to leave you with this. When we think of emotions, I want you to think of it this way. Anger is just a symptom. Say you go to the doctor's office and you tell the doctor your symptoms. You say, hey, look, doctor, I've been very fatigued. I've had a fever. I've had a headache. And then the doctor looks into these symptoms to diagnose you and treat you for everything. Say, for instance, you went in with bronchitis and you told your doctor all of your symptoms so the doctor sends you home with some Tylenol, some Pepto-Bismol, and tells you, you know, you'll get better. Just rest up, have some liquids, and then you get worse. And he still treats you with Tylenol for your fever. Do you think you're going to get better, or do you think your symptoms have an underlying issue that's going on, like the bronchitis that's spreading? You're obviously not going to get better. Because you're not treating the underlying condition. Now let's transition that to the emotional chart. Everybody's angry. That's just the symptom. Underneath the symptom, though, we have the root issue that we need to address. Anger simply is a person acting out emotionally and saying that their feelings are hurt we have systemically stigmatized emotions to the degree that we say when we're hurt that we're angry i'm angry you pissed me off you got me upset no 
Let's reframe that thought process. Let's go deeper. Let's uproot the issue. Let's look at it for what it is. And what it is is that your feelings got hurt and you're unable or feel unsafe to express that your feelings are hurt. Think about why you are unwilling to express or say you hurt my feelings, but you're more comfortable with the emotion of you pissed me off. You got me angry. You got me upset. We live in a society that feels that it's more safe to be angry and upset than it is to have your feelings hurt. Because if you have your feelings hurt, then you're deemed weak. If we're weak, we're unable to live up to systemic standards or society standards because we've admitted the secret that we're buying into the human existence. So next time when you are upset, angry, I want you to do that exercise. I want you to think about where is this anger coming from and where do I uproot it? Because am I truly angry or at the root source of this all? Am I really just having my feelings hurt? And if you are, how do you address that in a manner that's going to find resolve and leave the blame to the side where it belongs? I want to just thank everybody for joining me, everybody for tuning in. We're going to be doing this weekly, so stay tuned. Every week, we're going to be putting on an episode on the podcast. We're going to be covering different stories. We're going to be having different guests on. We're going to get deeper into society's problems, and we're going to come together as friends, comrades, colleagues. We're going to, we're going to build this thing to help others achieve and thrive and humanize and normalize the human condition. I, I thank you all for joining me. Again, if you want any more information on us, Spread Hope Like Fire, you can always visit us at spreadhopelikefire.com. That's where we keep you up to date on everything that's coming up, That what we have planned, and we can actually keep in touch with you you can go down to the bottom of the page and you can fill out the form you can ask us questions you can request to be on the podcast you can talk about um, issues that you want to talk about send us a request and we can bring it up on the podcast we can even have you up on a uh, on the podcast as a guest send us send us that request form on the page on spreadhopelikefire.com. Also, we have a, a couple announcements that we're going to be putting up there soon. So stay tuned. It's a lot that's in the pipeline that we have going in order to break down the stigma on mental health and allow us to start healing, allow us to get into the process of healing and recovery and get more of that compassion. And one more time, we are a listener-supported podcast. That means... Please head over to the iTunes store, wherever you listen to this podcast, and leave a review. Give us that five stars, that thumbs up, comment in the comment section, ask questions, let's get talking. Send out a, a text message. Tell everybody you're listening to Spread Hope Like Fire. 
text your mom, text your dad, your ex-girlfriend, text whoever. Let them know that you're listening to Spread Hope Like Fire. I appreciate all the support thus far from all the listeners. I can't wait to show and um, share with you guys just exactly what we have going on here at Spread Hope Like Fire. The foundation is doing great. We're doing great work. We're still building the foundation and getting ready to launch this thing as an agency. It just takes a lot of work on our end, but we're we're happy to do it because we we believe in the, the core mission statement of the Spread Hope Like Fire Foundation of breaking the stigma on mental health and, and normalizing the unnormal, normalizing the suffering and the humanistic experience that we all face. So if you'd like more information, again, I urge you to head over to spreadhopelikefire.com. You can also get in contact with us over at Instagram at spreadhopelikefirecorp. We have a Facebook page and you just Google that. And that's Spread Hope Like Fire Foundation. That's on Facebook. That's where we post a lot of our content. We also have a TikTok, Spread Hope Like Fire Foundation. You can check us out there. Go follow us on those other various platforms. We'd love to hear from you. So for everybody here at the Spread Hope Like Fire Foundation, I am Anthony Garcia, and this has been a presentation of the Spread Hope Like Fire Foundation. I look forward to seeing you soon. Spread Hope Like Fire is a production of the Spread Hope Like Fire Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit. As always, I like to remind everybody the things that we discuss upon the podcast are not a substitute or a replacement for seeking treatment and getting professional help. If in fact you are struggling with your mental health, we urge you to please reach out to your community and see which professionals are accepting new clients and get that professional help and talking to that professional that you need. This show is intended as a educational and informational psychoeducation of the field of psychology. For Spread Hope Like Fire and Anthony G, I'm Anthony G and we will see you later.